Securities and investment advisory services offered through Next Financial Group, member FINRA SIPC. Sierra Ridge Wealth Management is not an affiliate of Next Financial Group. The Dow Jones Industrial Average is a price-weighted index of 30 actively traded blue-chip stocks. The S&P 500 is a market-cap-weighted index composed of the common stocks of 500 leading companies in leading industries of the U.S. economy. This material is not intended as an offer or solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security or other financial instrument. Past performance does not guarantee future performance. All the views expressed are those of Hunter and not those of Sierra Ridge Wealth Management or Next Financial Group. Next does not provide tax or legal advice. Welcome back to the Wealth Accelerator Podcast. Hunter Lowry here. I'm a financial advisor, and my goal is to help you to create a family legacy, not just short-term wealth. Well, it's already the end of May, May 31st today as I'm recording this, heading into June, almost halfway through the year already. Up here in Northern California, it's been so unbelievably nice. We had such a long, dark, cold, rainy winter that we're now getting blessed with the nicest days of all time right now. Finally get to be out roping, golfing, fishing, doing all the fun things that we get to do up here in the summertime. And after work now in the afternoons, we've been able to ride our horses more, practice roping, and there's a lot more competitions going on again. And it helps a lot that it stays light out now until about 8.30 at night, which makes for so much time to do other things um, after the workday. But we've been able to practice a lot harder again. We've been back out competing. It's just, it's been a lot of fun. And if you've listened to the show for a little while, you know the story about my good heel horse named Puppy. But I'm gonna give you the Spark Notes version again in case you haven't. So probably about four years ago now, um, the my horse Puppy, he was only about five years old and he had not been taken to any big ropings yet. We'd been working with him for quite a long time, probably for a little over a year. Um, I'd taken him to some smaller local ropings and all of the pieces of the puzzle were there I just didn't quite trust him yet to take him out somewhere where there was a lot of money on the line. Um, so especially since at the time I had uh, another horse, uh, a gray horse, his name was Cash, that was kind of my go-to. He was just super is, still is, he hasn't died. He, he still is super steady, really, really reliable, never really did me wrong. Um, and I have won a lot on him. So he was always my number one whenever we went somewhere big. Well, the biggest roping of the year always takes place in Vegas. It's in December. I always talk about it during December. It's so much fun. Um, there's a lot of money up on the line to be won, and it's you know you want to show up with your best chance of of success. You want to go with your best partners, ride your best horse. Um, it, it's really, really the best event of the entire year. So as we were preparing in October and November and getting ready, we were practicing and I was hauling, uh, we, we took our horses to a local smaller roping, you know, that was just going to be fun and, and get some good practice in for that upcoming big, uh, big competition in Vegas. So when we get to the smaller jackpot in November, I'm pulling the horses out of the trailer and my gray horse cash he got hurt. Someone stepped on him or kicked him or something weird happened in the trailer and he was bleeding out of his leg. He, he had a big cut. So the vet comes by and 
um, basically told us that he was not going to be ready to go in December. Um, so I was like super bummed and really worried about it because again, I had puppy and he really was ready to go, but I hadn't tested him yet anywhere. He'd only been to little stuff. So that the there was probably about two or three weeks until we were going to send off over to our Vegas trip. And I was practicing on puppy all the time, riding him every single day, trying to get him ready. Just again, all of the pieces were there. I think it was my own mental roadblock that I had that kept me from believing in him because there was no reason not to. I mean, again, we, we had put all the correct foundation there prior to leaving. So when we go out to Vegas, of course, he acts a little bit as you would expect, a little spooky on everything, because it's a lot different when you go to these big competitions. You know, there's banners that are flapping around and there's more people and more noises and it can get a younger horse excited. But at the end of the day, he worked absolutely outstanding. I ended up getting a check on him that year. And now he's actually turned into my number one horse that I ride, my favorite one. Um, and he's just gotten better and better every single day that I ride him. But again, looking back, now I know, number one, it was my own fault that he wasn't better sooner. I needed to just trust him um, because we had taken all the right steps. I mean, people on the outside looking in probably could have said, yeah, Hunter, I could tell that that was a nice horse and you really just needed to expose him and, and let him show you how good he really is. Um, and it all worked out exactly like I would have hoped. Well, why do I tell you all of this? Because... It's a pretty good metaphor for a question that I have been getting asked by clients. Um, for some reason this month, it's come up two or three different times with different clients. And the question is, am I ready to buy a new home? Well, just like with Puppy, the practice had been put in. We had prepared him a long time. He had all the right pieces in place. It was just me needing to pull the trigger. So what needs to be in place for you to be able to pull the trigger on a new home purchase and have it be reasonable within your financial life. First off, we need to have a good cash position. We got to have an emergency fund in place in order to protect from the inevitable roof leak, the heater going out, you know, all the things that are going to happen. Then, of course, we wanna have a good healthy down payment, which Actually, I was at a local scramble golf tournament a couple weeks ago, and there was a mortgage group that was sponsoring one of the tees. And if you've ever played in a scramble golf tournament, you know that you've got plenty of time to wait on every single uh, tee box. It's a really, really slow round. Uh, actually, it took like six hours to finish the round over here. So we got to chatting with these mortgage guys, and they were talking about, you know, recommending that you have at least two to five percent um, in order to put down on the home in order to get started. Personally, I think that's a little bit low. I normally recommend that people try to get 20% to put down. That way we can avoid PMI insurance. But I also do understand sometimes I can take a super long time, especially if you live, you know, like here in California. <laughs> it can be a little tough to get that 20% down. But, you know, let's say probably more around that 10 to 20% down payment. I feel pretty comfortable with that for people. So after that, I always recommend that the mortgage payment is no greater than 25 to 30% of your take-home pay. That way, we can continue to invest. You can continue to have margin in your budget. You can continue to enjoy your life without feeling like you're just house poor and you're so tight on the budget that you have absolutely no room to do anything else at all. And I was actually talking with a client of mine today and they had found a new home that they wanna buy. 
they've been saving really, really hard. We've been building this into their financial plan and they honestly are really setting themselves up great, but the house that they found and that they want, the mortgage payment was going to be 55% of their take-home pay. And I told them, I mean, honestly, you guys can pull it off. It's going to be stressful for a while and your lifestyle is going to go way down in terms of what you're able to do outside of work but you'll be able to live there. I mean, really at this point, when the mortgage payment is that much of your income, you have two choices to make. It's really this simple. You can either find a cheaper home or do something to increase your your income. And either one of those things, it's gonna help that ratio get better, but honestly, you know, the timing of where we're at in the market cycle, um, it's much less important in my mind than what your ratios look like, especially when you're deciding to purchase this home. And I get this question too. So, you know, interest rates are pretty high right now though, Hunter. Maybe I should wait out to see if they're gonna come back down. Seems like the Fed is getting closer to the end of their rate hiking. Maybe rates are gonna come back down. Or housing prices are really high right now. Maybe if this recession hits soon, I can wait out a little bit and get a better price. Well, yeah, maybe, but if rates come down, then just refinance. And the odds that housing prices are gonna drop substantially in the short term, that's pretty low. So. If your ratios are right, you're going to be good. If you're putting it up down and it's not eating up, your mortgage payment's not eating up too much of your monthly income, you're going to be okay. We can see it coming. I mean, I can tell you before you make the purchase if you're prepared or not, or if you're gonna be strapped to that new house, trying to just find any extra margin in your budget to go do something fun. But if the numbers make sense, the best time to buy is right now. Again, just like with Puppy, he had all the preparation. The only thing that was stopping me from pulling the trigger were my own excuses. And me wanting to feel like everything was lined up perfectly, the stars were in perfect alignment, so that way I knew for sure that it was gonna work out. So again, if you hit those qualifications, don't get so caught up in, oh, my interest rate's going to be 6.5% when it could have been 3% a couple years ago. Or, oh, you know, this house is worth 50,000 more than it would have been a few years back and maybe I'm not getting the best possible deal. All of that stuff, it doesn't matter. It's in the past, we can't change it now. What does matter is that you are set up correctly and you have the correct ratios where you're not going to feel stuck and not able to do anything else with your financial life. So I just wanted to share some of that with you. Um, I think it's helpful to talk about relevant questions that I'm getting from my personal clients because odds are some of you out there are wondering the same exact thing. So hopefully that helps guys. If I can ever help, if you wanna talk about your financial goals and talk about the quickest way to get there while taking on the least amount of risk, you can always book a free discovery call with myself at my personal calendar. You can go to hunterlowry.com. There's a link right there. I would love to get to meet you and just give you my advice on what I would do if I were in your shoes. So with that, everybody, it's a great day to have a great day. Take care.